Well, welcome everyone, wherever you are. Thank you for joining us at Faith Co. Church. Remember, God can take us through anything as long as we stay committed to Him and connected to each other. Hey, we are kicking off a brand new series called Intervention. The idea is God will send people into our lives right in the midst of, of something that might be happening in our lives. Sometimes we get on a path where we get confused. We get on a path that might lead to destruction. And God will send somebody in our paths to change our course. You know, when you surrender to the Lord, God has a, a path prepared for you. In Romans 8 and 28, it talks a little bit about that path. He says, and we know that, that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. The 30th verse says, and those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. I want to start off by saying, there's nothing random about your life. When you gave your life to Christ, you stepped into a new dimension of relationship with God. What happened was, you stepped into something where your life took on not only a new meaning, it also took on a new purpose. So you entered into a brand new purpose, you entered into a predestined life by which God is going to take things in your life and work them out to your good. Proverbs 16 and 25 says this, There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. So what happens is God has a predestined plan for your life. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for your life. And he's got a plan for your life. Your, pre uh, your life has been predetermined and predestined. But what happens is many times because of life, because of distractions, because of the wrong relationships or, or just bad decision making, a lot of times we get off course. And we can actually be headed down a path that we think is the right path, but actually leads to destruction. So what happens is, many times, what he will do is he will send us a wake-up call or an intervention. So that's what I want to talk about today. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us today. And for, if we need a wake-up call, if we need an intervention, speak to us by your Spirit in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... I want you to look at the person sitting next to you and say, hey, wake up. This week's message about intervention takes us all the way back into the Old Testament in 1 Kings 17 and 8. It says this, the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he, Elijah, went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? And as she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread, too. But she said, I swear by the Lord, your God, your God, 
that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of a jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and uh, olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again, until the famine's over. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days And there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. So what I want to do is I want to back back up and I want to break this down and hopefully, hopefully bring a few things out of her godly intervention that changed her course and changed her life. First of all, in this story, the first thing that we see in her intervention is that she had a real problem. She had a very real problem. Verse 12, she says, I swear by the Lord that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I don't have a handful of flour left, and I don't have any oil left, she says, just a little bit in a jug. And I'm gathering sticks. What I'm going to do is I'm, I'm, I'm gathering for my last meal for me and my son. You know, sometimes we think that we have problems. And what I want to start off saying is that that in order for God to intervene, in order for God to send an intervention into our lives, first of all, we got to know that we got some real problems. Sometimes we think that we have problems, but in fact, what we think are problems, what, what is causing us stress, what is causing us sleepless nights, what is, what is causing anxiety or anguish in our lives are actually just really frustrations, irritations, Actually, they're just really annoyances. May, uh, sometimes I think that we need to take a look and see whether or not we have real problems or we just got stressors in our lives. A lot of times we're asking for a godly intervention or we're asking God to intervene in our lives in our, in our big, big problems that we have when actually it's not that big of a problem. It's just in our minds it's a big problem. Maybe we need to be reminded about what a real problem Looks like, I'm not trying, listen to me, I'm not trying to trivialize whatever's going on in your life. Maybe you do have a real problem. But I'm just telling you, sometimes we think we have problems when we just have trivial issues that we just need to address. And sometimes we, we just need to slow down and remind ourselves that the problems that we have aren't really problems. They're just situations that are getting on our nerves. I hope that if we all live in long enough and travel far enough to see people and to meet people that have real problems. This woman had a real problem. It was scarcity and a famine. She was in the middle of a famine and she was running out of food. In fact, the whole city, the whole nation, the the, whole nation of people was running out of food. And what she did have was very, very small. I want you to imagine being in her shoes and thinking about what's going on when the famine hit. She immediately thought of her son. 
And then as weeks and months began to pass by, she would look in her cupboard, and as she looked in her cupboard, she would see less and less food. When she would look in that jar where that with the little mix and the little meal was, that was going dry, and she watched that, and she was watching the oil run dry. She was thinking, she was probably thinking less and less about herself and thinking more about her young son. And as the food got scarce, as the food got slim, she was probably watching her son become slim. She had a real problem, and she needed an intervention. The thing that she was planning for, as we see her responses to Elijah, we can see that she was actually, she actually had been thinking about this day for some time. Maybe she was actually planning for this day for some time. Maybe that's what she was thinking. Have you ever felt that way? I'm going to cross that bridge if I ever get to it. We're not going to worry about that right now. I'm not going to worry about that right now because, you know what, it has the potential to be a problem, but it's not a problem right now. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Obviously, the bridge that she said we'll cross, she was facing the edge of that bridge. And now the day had come that she was out. She was making provisions for the bridge that she was about to cross. And she was, the day that she has dread the most is now here. She's going out, gathering the last bit of sticks. These are the last sticks for the last fire that I will ever make for the last meal that I will ever make and me and my son will eat for the very last time. Probably she had seen other people starve to death and this was where she was. Let me tell you something, before you make your next decision, before you make your next decision about whatever is going on in your life, always ask yourself, is this a real problem? Because if it is, I want to tell you that God is aware of the situation that you're in. I bet you she was walking along gathering sticks, thinking about her son, wondering if there was a God in Israel. And if he did, was he aware of what's going on in her life? What she didn't know is God was aware of the problem that was going on in her life and God was sending someone. God was sending an intervention. God is aware. Not only is God aware of the problems that you're in, God is in the midst of the problems that you're in. He says, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. No matter what you go through, no matter what you face, sometimes you think, where is God in this situation? I want to tell you that God is aware of the situation that you're going through and God is there with you in the midst of it. For her intervention that she needed, number one, she had a real problem. Number two, God sent a real person. You know, God always has a person for his divine purpose. God always has a person for his divine purpose. Elijah was a very, very powerful prophet. He spoke to kings. Just a little bit before this, he spoke to King Ahab. And he told Ahab, Ahab was a very vile and wicked king who was married to a very wicked woman named Jezebel who killed God's prophets and, and uh, caused idolatry in the land of Israel and Samaria. And they, they just, he, was very, he was one of the worst kings ever. So Elijah prophesied to King Ahab and said, God is going to send a famine because of what you have done. Therefore, 
Ahab hated him and pursued him and wanted to kill him. But Elijah was divinely protected by God. And God divinely gave provision for his life. God sent Elijah to this widow, I believe, for two reasons. First of all, to be ministered to. In verse 8, God speaks to Elijah and says, I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Look at that. I have instructed a widow. Even before God sent Elijah, he had already spoken to this widow. I have already instructed her. She's She's going to have to make a decision about this, but I have given her instructions. I want to tell you something. God provides for his servants, and God provides for his ministry through his people, through people that act and obey in faith. Before God, uh, before God had divinely protected Elijah in the wilderness near a brook, he fed him with ravens. Ravens brought him meat. He was near a brook he was taken care of. He was not uh, a victim of this famine. But here's the deal. God is interested in blessing people who invest in his cause and his purpose. That's why I, I never, it's, I'm never afraid or intimidated or nervous to talk about uh, money and offerings as far as when it comes to the church. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to Faith Code Church. I don't speak to people that don't go to Faith Code Church, people that, that aren't involved in ministry, people that, that, that haven't uh, either grown up or been taught about financial giving. People don't understand this. But God divinely protects people and God divinely ministers to and, and invests in people. God uh, blesses people who invest in his cause and his purpose. Listen to me. There's always divine provision for those who invest in his divine purpose. That is my experience in my life. That is my experience in what I've seen in pastoring for 20 years. Let me say it again. There's always divine provision for those who invest in divine purpose. And if you don't believe that, talk to people who invest in the kingdom of God. So I believe that God, first of all, sent Elijah to this widow, number one, because he was wanting to provide for him through this widow. Second of all, to confront or to intervene through Elijah because of this woman, because of, of her plan and, and for her, you know, for her situation that needed to be changed. In 1 Kings 17 and 12, it says, this is what she says. She says, I was gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. So God was sending Elijah to intervene to give her an opportunity to act in faith. You know, remember this. God always sends a person. If you have a problem, if you have a situation in your life, God moves through people. It reminds me of a story of a man that was a victim of a flood and there were people that were, that, that, that were having to leave their homes and people were, you know, being rescued. And there was this massive, massive flood. And this man prayed, Lord, I pray that you, will, that you will save me from this flood. And he crawls up on top of his house while he was there. And somebody, a guy came by rowing this canoe. He said, hey, you need to get in this canoe. He says, no, I'm, I'm waiting for God to save me. He says, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to keep going. A few hours later, as the water began to rise, a helicopter came through and said, Sir, you need to grab a hold of the ladder. You better grab a hold of that ladder because uh, we need to save you. We need to rescue you. And he said, no, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. 
A few hours later, the, the water continues to rise, and the guy drowns, and he, and he gets to heaven. He says, God, why didn't you save me? Didn't you care? And God looks at the man and says, I tried to save you. I sent a guy in a canoe, and I sent a helicopter. And a lot of times we reject the people. By the way, that might not be a true story. But a lot of times God sends people in our lives. I wonder if God has not sent people to intervene in our lives in situations that we have, that we have rejected. God sends a person because God is a personal God. When it came time for the Lord to intervene and save the world, he sent a person. He sent his son. Thank God for the people that he has sent me that have intervened in my life. Thank you for a mother that has intervened or a father. Thank you for a grandmother. Thank you for an elder in a church. Thank you. I thank God for the people that God has sent to speak to me, to wake me up, to give me a wake-up call. I wonder, has God sent people into your lives that you have rejected because you didn't want their wisdom, you didn't want their counsel? Listen to me. When we pray and we ask God to intervene, God almost always sends a person. Thank God for the people that he has sent to intervene. Elijah was sent as an act of intervention by God. Hey, listen, lady, before you die, can I help you with a better option? She had a plan to die. That was her plan. I'm going to gather up a few sticks. This is my plan to die. But what Elijah was, was intervening and saying, is, hey, God has got a plan for you to live. Hey, listen. You don't have to go out like this. God has a, a better option than your plan to die. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you need a better plan. If you got a plan to die, God's got a better plan for you. God has a better plan than your plan or your death plan. Well, it looks like this sickness is going to get the best of me. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put my will together. That's great, but maybe God has a plan of healing for your life. Well, you know, we're going to get a divorce, but we're going to go ahead and, and, and go through counseling. Maybe God's got a plan of life that he wants to breathe into that marriage. Maybe you don't need to give up just yet. Right in the middle of something that is about to die, maybe God has got a life plan. Maybe he wants to throw you a, a life raft right in the middle of the situation that you're trying to drown in. Can I be that person of intervention right now? Maybe you feel like that, that, you, that you, all you've got, the best you got, is a death plan. I want to tell you something. In Romans 4 and 17 says, we serve a God who brings, dead, who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. God's got something better for you than your plan of death. Let me just be that person of intervention right now. God's got a better plan than whatever your plan is to deal with a death. That's going on in your life. Number three, for her, her intervention, she needed not only a real, not only did she have a real problem, not only did God send a real person, but God brought real provision. God brought very real provision. Jesus references this passage and he compliments, if you will, compliments this widow when he says this in Luke 4 and 25. He says, Certainly, there were many needy widows in Israel at Elijah's time. When the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead 
to a foreigner, a widow, in Zarephath, in the land of Sidon. In other words, Jesus was saying there was something different about this widow. There was something different about her. Now, I can't tell you exactly what it was, but I can tell you that there was something. I, had, I think it had to do, based on what we know about when God intervenes in people's lives, I think it had to do with her faith. I really do. You see, I believe, first of all, there was something different about her in that she had to choose, number one, she had to choose to believe. She had to choose to believe that, that I, I wonder if, that's, if, that, if God is speaking to me and saying, hey, I need to provide for this prophet. I need to share my food. I, I, I had to, she had to choose to change her way of thinking. She had to choose to, to, to step away from her plan of death and then believe the word of the Lord. Let me ask you something. Is there a situation, is there a problem in your life? Maybe a person is intervening, intervening in your life where you're being confronted about what you're believing. I want to tell you something. Choose to believe the word of God. In this moment, in this hour, whatever's going on, uh, there, you, maybe there's a lot of voices talking to you right now. Maybe there's a lot of situations going on around you. What is God saying through his word? What is God saying through his servants? Believe. Believe enough to change your way of thinking. That's what this widow had to do. I believe that's why she was different. Second of all, I believe there was something different about her and that not only did she have faith to believe, she had faith to obey. Obedience to God is just acting on his word. It's faith in action. Now, I believe God is willing and able. Now I've got to make a decision about sharing my last meal not only that, that I have for me and my son, my very last meal in the midst of a famine, share it with this guy that, just now, that I just met. There was something different. Not only did she believe, but she obeyed. A lot of times we have faith to believe, but we don't have faith to obey. Yeah, I believe that God is willing and God is able. Well, then act on his word. Well, I don't know about that. I, I, I believe that God is going to take care of me financially. Well, okay, are you, are you, are you tithing? Well, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I believe that much. Well, I believe that God is willing and able to take care of me. Well, well, is he willing and able to take care of you in dangerous situations? Are you willing to act on what you believe? I'm going to, that's what she had to say. I'm going to share my last meal and believe that God will provide what little you do have, what little do you have that God is calling you to sow in faith? I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about, I'm talking about other things in your life. There is provision on the other side of that. You might have a plan for what's left, but God has a plan for abundance for what is sown in faith and obedience. Let me say that again. You might have a plan for what's left. But God has a plan for abundance for what is sown in faith and obedience. God's provision through faith is always better than our plan for what is left over. I want to close with this. Sometimes we all need an intervention, a wake-up call from our God to steer us away from the path that might be leading to destruction. If you've got a problem, God will send a person and as you accept that counsel, God has a provision. Have you ever thought that, have you ever thought about this? As we read this scripture, 
this was about what was going on in the widow's life, but it was about what was going on all over that nation. That God was doing something significant in this woman's life, but he was also doing something significant in, in a people. As she took part in, in receiving this intervention and took part in, in ministering to the servant of God, God blessed an entire nation. She, she became a partner and became a part of something that was much, much grander than just her and her life. And what happened was God blessed her that she was provided for throughout the famine. Her jars never ran dry. The meal, the oil, it never ran dry as long as the famine lasted. And what happened was she was providing for Elijah. Elijah lived with her until the famine was over. That's what God was doing. I want to tell you something. Maybe the intervention that's going, that God wants to do in your life has to do with what God wants to do through you. Maybe God wants to do something through you for the church. Maybe God wants to do something through you, through people that might be around you. Maybe God wants to do something in and through you for your neighbor. Maybe you need to think, hey, this isn't just about me. This is about somebody else. Let that intervention sink in. I'm believing, I'm believing that what is happening, well, let me ask you something. Is something going on? Do you have a problem in your life and your family? I'm believing that what is happening in your family right now, I'm believing for divine intervention in your family right now. I'm believing that God is going to do something incredible in your life. And I, I just want to speak that maybe, maybe there's somebody that's listening to me online that you need a divine intervention. You need somebody to step into your life and give you direction. I'm praying that God is going to do that in your life. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I'm believing for that. God is a God that cares. He is aware, and he's going to intervene on behalf of his children, if you'll believe it. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. And I thank you, Lord, that you care enough to be involved in our lives. Lord, if we have a situation, if we have a problem, you're a personal God. So you will send a person into our lives to remind us and to steer us away from a path of destruction. And as we are receptive to that, you bring provision in our lives. So whatever that looks like, Lord, I pray that you will speak to people. How can we connect to your cause and your purpose in this season? What does that look like? Lord, will you speak to us? Lord, if, if, if we're headed down a path of destruction, Lord, I pray that you will intervene, whatever that looks like, in the name of Jesus. I pray that for Faith Go Church today. In the name of Jesus. If you're watching us and if you've never been a part of Faith Code Church and maybe the Lord is speaking to you right now, maybe there's a part of you that believes that Jesus is speaking to you, the Holy Spirit is drawing you, and you need to take a step and give your life to Christ. I, I just want to lead you in a prayer. That's, that's, that's all we need to do is just confess and believe on the Lord Jesus. And you can give your life to Christ today. So just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am before you today and I give you my life. And I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life, to forgive me for all of my sins. I confess to you that you are my Lord 
And from this moment on, my life is committed to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.